Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan, and a Liverpool fan. Hello, this is episode 30 of the Offside Rule podcast. We got to 3-0, ladies. I'm joined by Hayley McQueen and Kate Borsay with myself, Lindsay Hooper. Hello, girls. Well, hello, listeners. <laughs> um, hello, Kate. I'm so glad to be 30 again. I, I, I can't tell you how much this means to a 35-year-old. It's brilliant. We do sound a little obsessed with our ages each time we do an episode, girls, reflecting back, although this is very near my age. We are obsessed with our age. That's the problem, because we're all old. No, we're not. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> um, OK, well, we're, enough of that jargon. And um, This is a special this week, girls, because something quite close to Hayley McQueen's heart, it's the Football League Awards special, because it was the Football League Awards, hosted by our very own Hayley McQueen. Did you have a good night? I did. It was good fun. Learned a lot. Met some really interesting people and... We're very honoured to be giving out awards to people that you very much look up to in the world of football and some people that you don't know about that I now do. So I'll explain a bit more later. Well, we do shine quite a lot of attention, don't we, onto Premier League football. So it's nice for us just to concentrate on the Football League. So we're going up and down the Football Leagues. And what we're doing for this one is we're adding three new awards. That's going to make up our three topics. So when I'm teasing what's coming ahead, it is an, an actual award we'll be giving out. Keep an eye on OffsideRulePodcast.com on the website because we will make up these awards and show you exactly where they've gone. Um, so topic three, our award will be the Golden Handshake Award, a player or person at a club that's put in a long service and made themselves indispensable. Um, Topic two will be homegrown talent of the year, picking a player who plays for his local side, making great strides in the game. I want you to justify your choices for all of these. Uh, We'll also have Sean Thorne with Twitter topic of the week. This week, girls, it's football bloopers. I know Kate Borsay is a big fan of these. I love a good blooper. (laughs) Um, I love them too. I'm one of those people I have a really sick sense of humour, so I laugh when things go wrong when they're not meant to. 
I'm normally part of the blooper. That's the problem. <laughs> I've seen a few YouTube yeah. hits with you. Well, something happened recently on Sky Sports News and someone <gasps> swore, didn't they? They did. I couldn't believe it. We had a German expert in. He was German and yeah. he was from Sky Deutschland, I think. So we had this guy who came into the studios, myself and my uh, colleague Adam Leventhal, just sat on set as he was telling us all about this, the emerging German talent and the stalwarts of Germany who were going to do great in the World Cup and how they were you know, settling in particularly at Arsenal, of course, and he called one of the players, Per Mertesacker, a big bleeping German. And I thought he said a big talking German in his accent and realised it wasn't talking, it was something else. And uh, it was a naughty word. And I didn't quite hear it at first. I thought, I think he's just said the F word, but he can't have because we're on live television. I just turned around and looked at my colleague and he was just shaking his head. So the camera had already panned to my colleague for the next question and he had to deliver the apology whilst I just sat there trying to hold in a little bit of laughter. You must have wanted to laugh at that. Do you know what the really funny thing was? He said the line, the big bleeping German, and then, and then, and then laughed at at his own joke afterwards. It was like, not only have you sworn on like daytime TV, but you've, <laughs> but you've then just laughed about it. Well, it might be quite a fitting week to have a Bundesliga round it, but we don't. <laughs> um, we have Liga uh, with, with Law, that's coming up later. So we're going to start with topic one and our topic... Why <laughs> Am I allowed to congratulate her, Hayley, for saying Liga correctly <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the first time? Because this gives... What our listeners don't know is this gives you, Lindsay Hooper, an absolute mare. Every time law comes on, we get a variety of ung to uh to uh, uh, and today you have got it right. I've got it right. It's because when I was taught at school, it was under toi. So I always thought it was un, but it's uh. I think you'll find that the Wolverhampton version of uh, <laughs> which is just what, what everyone generally learns for French one, is probably ung. I've got all variations sorted now. Um, let's award our first award, our Football League special. Um, it's surprise package of the year, and there's nothing rude with this, by the way. Um, which team do you choose and why from any of the Football Leagues? We're going to start with Hayley McQueen. I'm going for Burnley. At the moment, second in the Championship, finished, I don't know, they were mid-table, I think it was 11th last season, mid-table mediocrity. No one really thought too much about them this season. They kind of just ticked along nicely last season, but not exactly setting the championship alight. One player who has been setting the championship alight was the player that actually won the Skybet Championship Award at the Football League Awards, Danny Ings. Wonderful player, great partnership with Sam Vokes. Uh, one of the main reasons why Burnley are actually having such a successful uh, campaign. Uh, completely unstoppable in the 13-14 uh, season, pace, movement. But my opinion now is about his team. They've only lost three games all season and they are unbeaten at home. When I say three games all season, I mean in the championship. Putting up a really good fight against your QPRs and your other teams right up there uh, in the mix. I think Sean Dyche has got it pretty spot on. Um, A couple of issues for Burnley heading into the new season. They didn't really have much playing talent. They didn't make any signings. They're not a side who have uh, a big budget either. But yeah, for, for some reason, Sean Dyche has just got it spot on. They actually had real key players leaving at the end of last season. So you'd have thought entering the new season, they could be in a bit of trouble. Um, Charlie Austin 
of course, left, as did um, the, the, the former captain as well, Chris McCann. And uh, first choice goalkeeper, Lee Grant. So you thought, oh God, Lee, losing the number one um, is going to be a terrible thing. But actually, they've got uh, Tom Heaton from Bristol City. I know Tom as well from his time at Manchester United. And he's a very, very solid keeper, a really nice person. As uh, Well, they've got Michael Kitely on loan from Stoke. Um, and of course, they've got Vokes and Ings, of course, there providing all the goals. And uh, Ings as well, not just scoring, but he's provided five assists as well as his 20 goals uh, this season so they're doing very well uh, indeed the players last year I don't know what it has been about it but they just seem to have raised their game apart from a couple of key players leaving and a couple coming in but not huge changes things haven't changed so much I think it may be just something to do with the manager the fact that at the end of the season maybe Sean Dyche could have left gone off somewhere else had a bit of a clear out started afresh for a new season they didn't and I think that consistency has helped with the continuity but I think I don't think anyone would have predicted that Burnley would have been completely unbeaten at home all season up until now. It does look like they've secured that second automatic spot to go up to the Premier League. And I think you're right. I think this season in the Championship, they've been the surprise package. Nobody expected with the squad they've got to get so far. My question would be, we'll award them this award for this season. Mm. But next season, there's going to need to be wholesale changes to stay in the Premier League, isn't there? When they were up in the Premier League, they went up and straight back down again within a season, didn't they? And you oh, think of very similar to Wolves. Very similar. <laughs> <laughs> she had to get that in. They did show a lot of spirit in that season, but they just didn't have the finance or the players there to be able to support a run in the Premier League. So let's not rain on their prey, though, too much. <laughs> Should we give them the award? Yes. <laughs> Um, Kate, actually, we'll get yours next. Well, I've gone for Rotherham, newly promoted to League One, and they're in fifth. They're in the playoff places. So I, I have to take my hat off to them. Fantastic form. Um, they are currently on a 12-game unbeaten run. They last lost a game in the league, in League One, uh, on January the 1st having a fantastic run. Um, their boss, Steve Evans, doing a great job with them. They've been um, great for this half of the season, getting a result in the, in, in the kind of dying moments of a game. So even when they're not playing their best, they, they are still grinding out a result, which is very encouraging. In the playoff places, could they do a back-to-back promotion? Well, yes, of course they can, especially when they're in this run of form. What I love about them as well is that when they moved to the New York Stadium, their signature tune became New York, New York. So just the oh, sight of Rotherham's best singing New York, New York is enough for me to award them the surprise package of the year. Interestingly enough, Rotherham could turn into the team that I've chosen, potentially. Um, Just in the sense that if they get another promotion and all that sort of thing and start stabilising themselves. So um, I'm going for Bournemouth. And it's not that I'm saying that they're going to be in the playoffs, they're going to get promoted to the Premier League or anything like that. I'm crediting them with being a surprise stable package for the year. I think a lot of people would have tipped Bournemouth to go back down to League One because, let's face it, last season, after Eddie Howe returned um, to the club, they went from nearly teetering on relegation in League One to actually getting promoted to the Championship. And so many people thought, actually, they'll probably be one of the sides toying with relegation this year but they've actually cemented themselves as a really good championship side 
And let's also not got, go too far back in time to remind ourselves that about 2008, 2009, they were nearly relegated from the entire football league. So what a turnaround in this club's fortunes. Um, this season, what has it held for them? Well, they, were, they beat Burton Albion 4-1 in the FA Cup third round. They didn't get any further because in the fourth round, you may remember they got Liverpool. But I have to get this in, seeming as it's quite timely. They lost 2-0 to Liverpool, Kate Borsay, which I think is a good scoreline isn't it when you compare to Manchester United? <laughs> it certainly is. I'll keep my voice down, Hayley McQueen. Um, but I think that's quite a respectable scoreline and they certainly didn't, um, didn't at all embarrass themselves. Um, I think they've made the step up from League One really comfortably indeed. Lots going on behind the scenes. They were runners-up as well in the league they, they, when they got promoted to Doncaster who went up to the Championship and Doncaster are really down there fighting for their lives and it's Bournemouth who have impressed more. So for me, I'm giving them my award for Surprise Package of the Year. Hello everyone, this is Tony Cotty from Sky Sports Soccer Saturday and when I'm not working with Jeff Stelling and the boys, I'm listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Women not know anything about football, you're having a laugh, aren't you? We will move on to topic number two, homegrown talent of the year. I'd like you both to pick a player who plays for his local side and is making great strides in the game. Who would like to go first? I always offer you up on topic too. Kate, that was a nice little delicate wiggle of the finger. Thank you very much, Lindsay. Well, my homegrown talent of the year is just 21 years old, plays as a centre forward or a winger for a League Two side. It's Rochdale's Scott Hogan. What I love about Scott's story is that it's come to him fairly late in life. He was playing for Salford College's Football Academy. I think he must have got spotted by uh, Rochdale. Joined the first team in 2010, but he was released without making a single first team appearance. So kind of spotted as a kind of college age player bought into Rochdale and then released so you'd think that you'd might might have got your break late got into Rochdale and then suddenly he was let go which sounds like it could turn into a very sorry um, tale but following his release from Rochdale he joined Stockport Sports loads of other non-league sides as well Halifax Town Ashton United signed a non-contract deal with Hyde so he's really doing the kind of journeyman footballer thing but uh, in May 2013, he returned to Rochdale, signing a two-year deal. So they obviously saw enough in him. And I'm not sure if there's something else behind the scenes here. Maybe he needed a bit of personal development. Maybe he needed to just go out and get some good match experience. But he did return in May last year, two-year deal. He scored 17 goals in 29 appearances. And Rochdale doing really well in League Two at the moment. Third in the table with a game in hand. Um, they're just two points behind leaders Chesterfield. Um, and Hogan's been really part of that success. So well done to him and to the club for giving him a second chance. Lovely stuff. Um, Hayley McQueen. Well, I always quite like when you find a young player who plays for the club that has actually supported that club from youth. Because what you'll often find is you may have a homegrown player, like you say, who grew up in Stockport and plays for Stockport County, but they might be a Manchester United fan. Uh, this young man from Leicester City is a lifelong Leicester City fan. It is Liam Moore. He was up for one of the awards at the Football League Awards. He didn't win it. Will Hughes of Derby County did in Young Player of the Year. Alex Pritchard of Swindon Town was one of the other nominees, but it was uh, Liam Moore who said he was absolutely just living the dream. He was born near Loughborough, so he very much qualifies as a local lad. Luger Brugger. 
Yaha. Uh, so he said he wants to make 500 appearances for the club. He hasn't quite made 50 yet, uh, but he's a couple off 50. But he said he wants to make it 500. And he earned um, caps as well for England under 21s. He earned his second in England's 1-0 win over Wales. So he's definitely someone to watch out for, not just in the championship, but also internationally, I think, as well. So he's progressed very rapidly under Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson, of course, at Middlesbrough, who had such a strong youth academy and he's very very much a manager who likes to bring these young players through and actually really give them a chance and stick with them so he's a defender as well so it's not often that when you have these players who are put forward for the awards it tends to be the strikers that take the plaudits or maybe even a winger or somebody that scores goals but uh, to have a defender I think is uh, really good to see six foot as well so he's already a big strapping lad uh, 21 uh, years old. I'm awarding my award to a defender as well. Um, Did you say that Liam wants to be there for... What did you say? He wants to get 500 appearances? At least. Well... This will give him a bit of an idea of how long he needs to be there because my player has been at the same club for 13 years, over 13 years now, and he's the longest serving player currently at Watford Football Club. And in that time, he's surpassed 350 appearances, but I think he, could, he might have to do about 15 years, Liam. Okay. <laughs> okay, just so we're on the same page there. Um, the player that I'm talking about is Watford's Lloyd Doyle. Um, he was born in London and he was a graduate of Watford's Academy. His first goal, because he's a defender, was scored on his 269th appearance for the club. He said that he didn't think it would take that long. Um, It took about eight years. Um, But I I think it just started something off because he went on to score again um, a few years later. Um, He was given a testimonial for 10 years of service in the summer of 2012, which a lot of fans might have gone to. That was against Tottenham. And I think it doubled up as a pre-season friendly of sorts at the time. His 300 50th league appearance for Watford was a two-all home draw against Crystal Palace on the 8th of February earlier this year. Doyley is also captain Watford, of course he would after he's been at the club for so long, everyone knows he's part of the furniture. Um, in the absence of Manuel Amunia against my beloved Wolves in March, he captained the team. Um, all round, I just think longest serving current player at the club um, born in London graduate of the academy he gets my award for homegrown talent of the year Mm. we'll take a short break there and we're going to get our football bloopers courtesy of Sean Thorne and Twitter Topic of the Week Twitter Topic of the Week Bloopers with Sean, that sounds about right, doesn't it? That's it. This week, I'm king of the bloopers, all because of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. He had a bit of a stinky miss over the weekend, but it's all right. Happens to the best of us. Every cloud is a silver lining, because now you've inspired us for this week's Twitter topic of the week. You can take solace in that. So cheers for all you guys sending in your blooper suggestions. As you can probably guess, some of these are a bit visual. So if you search for the hashtag TTOTW, then you'll get a list of all the YouTube links so you can have a look at some of these. Uh, Magnus Forsberg, he's gone for a Norwegian classic by Beate Flem. That's an absolute gem, that one, Magnus. Basically, what happens? Oh, Beate, he, he, he gets the ball. He catches the ball. So you're thinking, what could he possibly do to screw this up? And he manages to just chuck it really cack-handedly into his own net. Good one to kick us off there, Magnus. Uh, Chris Dixon's gone for David Dunn's attempted flick against Aston Villa. I know Eden Hazard tried something similar on his debut for Chelsea and ended up completely messing it up as well to the point that David Dunn was trending on Twitter 
after Hazard's blooper. That's how infamous this one is. Eden Hazard turned out all right, though, didn't he? James at Goofy Villain. He's gone for the same David Dunn blooper, as has Paul at one Paulie. Thomas has gone for one from 1990. Andy Dibble in Golf of Man C. He's got the ball in one hand. Gary Crosby from Forest. Eds it loose, pops it in. Legitimate goal. And Stephen Jeff Seahant has gone for Arsene Wenger's long and embarrassing fight with his jacket zip, which seems to get him every week. Cheers for everyone who got in touch with Twitter Topic of the Week this week. I'll hand you back to the girls. Thank you very much for that, Sean. And we've got one final award to hand out. Ha <laughs> ha, that was so funny. <laughs> I should have come to you first. Do another ha ha. <laughs> I love it when she does that. I love it when she does that. Um, we're going to go for Golden Handshake Award. Um, a player or person at a club next that's put in a long service and made themselves indispensable. Mm. There was a similar award at the Football League Awards, wasn't there, I think, for long service? There was. And I'm going to tell you all about it. Excellent. Um, well, we will go for Kate Borsay's award first. Who are you giving a Golden Handshake to? Well, golden handshake goes to a player who is nearly at the 500 games mile. We've spoken about Liam Moore and we've had a bit of a giggle about how long he's going to have to be at Leicester to reach that 500 game count. Well, this player has been at Brentford for nearly 15 years and that's what's taken him to uh, nearly his 500 count in terms of games. Um, Brentford's Adam Forshaw. I know uh, Hayley won the League One Player of the Year award at the Football League Awards, um, but it's another one of their players that gets the vote from me, Kevin O'Connor. Now, this guy has... uh, been uh, captain of the League One side for quite a while. Uh, he's he's a one-club man as well, which always scores highly for me when I'm giving these golden handshakes out. Um, currently Brentford's longest-serving player. And versatility has been the key for him. Um, he's been at the club for so long, he's just about had a go in nearly every position. I don't think he's played in goal. Uh, he was a striker when he signed uh, in professional terms in 1999. Since then, he's played right wing, right back, central midfield and defence, and even had a stint at left back. Now plays, now he's settled on midfield. Um, look, he's only played nine games this season. In fact, if you uh, look at his past few seasons with the Bees, he's been blighted by injury, as you might expect for someone who's clocked up that many games over that long a time. But up until three years ago, he'd spent the last nine seasons playing over 30 games. And I had a look through, and we're talking like 46 games, 43 games a season. No wonder the poor guy's had so much injury problem in the last three years. He's been worked to the bone and he's played in nearly every position but he gets my golden handshake for loyalty nearly 15 years at a club approaching 500 games and the fact that for those nine seasons he played so consistently so many games you know when you give a golden handshake you usually get like a watch you should get him like a reclining chair he needs a rest doesn't he he needs a rest and a good holiday by all accounts Okay, Um, Hayley? Mine is definitely a man who not described as lazy. It is Steve Fletcher of Bournemouth, who announced his retirement uh, not so long ago. Um, His career at Bournemouth spanned 18 seasons. Quite unbelievable. Definitely not homegrown. He's from the North East. He's from Hartlepool. But after playing for Hartlepool um, for just a couple of seasons, scoring just four goals, he decided to sign for Bournemouth in 1992. Thought, okay, seaside in the North East isn't good enough. Need a bit of sunshine. I'm going to head down south. Thought maybe I'll have a couple of years down here. No. 
2007, all that time later, he was still playing at the club. He headed out to Chesterfield after that and came back up north and had a brief spell at Crawley Town, but loved Bournemouth so much and was so loved by the fans, he had to come back and uh, spent from 2009 till just last year scoring 15 goals across 135 appearances. Overall, 728 appearances and 121 goals. And this is a guy who does not look like a striker. Obviously famous for pulling his shirt over his head, Ravenelli style, pulling it behind him. It looks like kind of a cross between the Incredible Hulk, a Buzz Lightyear and a sort of English Ronaldo, I guess you could say. A big six foot two kind of, you know, hunk of a guy does not look like a striker. Definitely not dainty, but caused all kinds of trouble for Bournemouth for years and years and years. So he's achieved an awful lot in his playing career. Um, He's a really humble person. He had a stand named after him. I can't think of any players who are still playing at a club to have had a stand named after them. I know Sir Alex had a stand named after him whilst he was manager, but as a player, I just think that's quite incredible. Another incredible thing was he was awarded this Sir Tom Finney Award for Outstanding Achievement. And uh, it was the first ever award, of course, Sir Tom Finney passing away just uh, at the beginning of February. Now, Steve Fletch, Tom Finney, you might think that they don't have too much in common, but his granddad played with Sir Tom Finney. It was his granddad that got him into playing football. So there was a link there and made it even more emotional to think, oh, if his granddad was there, of course, he saw him play football, but didn't see him achieve what he did. But I just think 18 seasons at one club is just quite phenomenal. So he he actually ended playing football on a complete high one promotion to the championship in 2013 and thought you know what that's it I'm going to hang up his boots what's he doing now he's still working at the club in any capacity he can possibly work there with the community everything so I think he's going to have a bit of a career behind the scenes work as an ambassador and I think he's a really great example of somebody that there's nothing wrong with sticking with the same club you don't have to go off and play for other clubs you look at Ryan Giggs and Paul Scholes and players like that they never did it so If any of you at home are thinking, oh, I fancy a bit of a change. I want that big move away from this club I've been with pretty much all my life. One day you'll be a hero and a legend and you might have a stand named after you and be given a golden handshake by me on stage at the Football League Awards. Oh, lucky you. (laughs) They're all staying put now, Hayley. Um, And a gift as well that we could give him. It has to be, doesn't it? If he loves Bournemouth so much, a deck chair. Oh, yes. Mm. Deck chair. Lazy boy. What's yeah. yours going to get? Well, I'll let you both come up and dream dream that up whilst um, I'm telling you about mine. I'm giving my Golden Handshake Award to an entire club. Ooh. The backroom staff, the playing staff, everyone involved at Barnsley. Oh. Because Barnsley have spent more seasons in the second tier of English football than any other club in history. But aren't they kind of at the bottom of the league right now. Well, we'll come on to that in a little bit, Hayley. This is why I'm giving this award this year, because I might not be able to give it next year. Um, Their last stretch dates back to 2006, so eight years in the championship. There were other clubs that had a lot of service, like Preston, but they got relegated. So at the moment, it's Barnsley who've been the longest serving in the championship with eight years. They ended the 2011-12 season as one of only two football clubs to turn a profit in the football championship, which I want to dot my cap 
map to. Um, and they stayed up courtesy of Portsmouth getting deducted 10 points and going down. But as you rightly point out, Hayley McQueen, they've not had a good time of it the last few seasons. In fact, they've been teetering on relegation for a good few years. And I hate to say it, I think their time this season has come. <laughs> so you've given them a golden handshake and then just said, that, said you basically... On your way to League One. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can get dreaming up your prize for them now. Um, I'll give you another couple of stats about them just in their time that they have been in the championship. It's as if I'm, it's as if I'm talking about it as if their time has now been and gone. Um, 2005 and six, they were promoted from League One as playoff winners. They finished fifth in the table then. So that was when they came up. Um, they had some great results that year um, and they went all the way to the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, which of course many fans will hold dear those memories. At 2007-8, they were FA Cup semi-finalists, defeating Blackpool 2-1. Uh, Stephen Foster and Michael Coulson got some of the goals in that match. Um, so they did really well, got all the way, lost to Cardiff City 1-0 in the semi-final. Um, and 2008-2009, a nice little stat about Barnsley. They fielded the youngest ever player in history of football league at Ipswich Town when Ruben Noble Lazarus came on and he was aged 15 years and a humble 45 days old Um, but Barnsley you're going to get my award golden handshake what do you want to give Barnsley then girls I think we ought to give them a stair lift A because they're quite old they've been in that league for a long time and B because they're going to need a hand going down aren't they getting back up according to you Lindsay Hooper according to myself and Hayley by the sounds of it Poor little Barnsley. It's funny, isn't it? Barnsley, Burnley, complete polar opposites. Sorry about that, boys. I know. And a little aside from me, because this is outside the football leagues, but if you were going to give a golden handshake to a sponsor, I recommend that you would give that golden handshake award to Ryman Stationers. Did you know that Ryman have just announced a two-year extension to their sponsorship of the Ryman Football League? So lots of um, lads play in the Ryman Premier, South, North, all of those different leagues. It's the UK's longest-running football league sponsorship deal. It goes up until the end of the 2015-16 season. It's been going, this partnership, 19 years. Wow. How about that for a sponsor, mm. sticking with wow. football in the lower echelons of the game? Ryman do some good things for sticking, don't they? They do. They do um, post-its, yeah. post-it notes, and they do sticky-back plastic. Mm-hmm. So they were around when I... They started out, what, when I was two? Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. This is a very long... Are we ending? Are we coming full circle and going to end on age? Um, before we do, I'm going to head over to France, literally. Um, I'm just going to go and catch a little Eurostar to Paris, have a few days away. Now I'm dreaming. Um, I will have to rely on the French tones of Lord James and Ligue 1. If you think public wedding proposals after public humiliation are in bad taste, you won't be surprised to hear the latest tale about Raymond Domenech. The former France coach who proposed to his TV presenter girlfriend after his team were dumped out of Euro 2008 has lost out on the Tunisia job. Despite being very close to being appointed, talks between him and the Federation have broken down. Elsewhere in the international game, Benin have appointed a Frenchman to take over, former Nice coach Didier Olin Nicole. It all kicked off at the Henri Garin training centre when Rennes boss Philippe Montagnier and Jean Mercune fell out during training. Apparently this was all because the player refused to fetch a ball. Long-time Newcastle target Buffetin Bigomis was on Wednesday cleared of any charges surrounding an alleged rape case dating back to June 2012, while Eric Gerret, who is currently in charge of L'Equipe, is interested in taking the Marseille job. The Belgian has pleased some fans with talk of a return, but not those who think his success years, mostly with PSV Eindhoven, are long behind him. 
Finally, Louis Nicolas has said Montpellier will not be activating Mbin Yang's buyout clause. The on-loan AC Milan striker's high-profile car accident, for which he was handed an 18-month suspended sentence, didn't help his case. Thank you very much, Laura. I'm getting more plaudits for the way I said league. Uh, that's it now. Uh, I'm all done. Um, we're all done, ladies. Thank you very much for this week. It's been great fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy giving out your awards, Kate? I did. I'm going to take off my posh frock now. Maybe have a soak in the bath. Take off the heels. You know, the feet are a little bit sore after giving out all those awards. Um, Hayley McQueen might have a few tips for that. Post-awards blues. All you need is a big pair of sparkly earrings and a pair of heels and you're ready to go. Obviously clothes as well. A bit of makeup helps, but a big pair of earrings. But for recovery, I thought you were going to say hot chocolate. That's what you've been dishing out here today. Tell me what, speaking of earrings, have a little Google of Diego Maradona. He sported some nice Bet Lynch style earrings in each ear. I'm not talking studs, I'm talking (laughs) dangly numbers. It's very funny. Check it out. We'll leave you on that note. Goodbye for now. The female take on football.